Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. Hello, hello, everybody out there. My name is Matthew Bivens, and this is the Having It All podcast, and I am super stoked to be here today, and I'm, uh, I'm happy and grateful to you for listening and today's topic is a little bit different. It's a little, little different than what I've normally done on this show uh, in that today I'm talking about finances. And I, I don't know if, if finance is talked about a lot in uh, other shows or other things like this, but um, personal finance and your financial health uh, and really your ability to have peace with your finances is a huge part of living and experiencing an abundant, loving life. And so I want to dive into it today because it was not something that I was very um, aware of my impact, of the impact it had on me for many years, many, many years. And, uh, you know, I've, I've talked about finances and my, my history and my relationship towards finance a couple times in this show. And so I'm excited to really dig into it in this episode. And I will, I will start things off with a little bit of uh, background on me and my relationship to finances. So, boy, let's go back to let's go back to uh, to my parents' divorce. I was ten years old. Uh, my parents got divorced, and I remember very vividly um, instances where, you know, we lived with my mom. So anyway, I, there's 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 three of us: myself and my two sisters. And we lived with my mom. My dad moved out of the house, and my dad was paying child support. And so there was there was instances where a child support payment was late or didn't come through, or I don't really know what was going on in my in, you know in, as as a little kid. I didn't understand uh, the exact details. All I remember was my mom saying, you know, we don't have we don't have money for all the groceries this month, or or we don't have money for the heat this month, or um, and then actually kind of sending me to go and ask my dad for check for the check, like. Hey dad, mom says that you know we didn't get yada yada yada. Can you can you give us a check? Like I remember having not having to do that, but I remember doing that when I was a little kid, choosing to do that. And I when I think back to my relationship to finances and and the the way that scarcity has played into my um my paradigm around finances. I think back to those you know, that's like where I go, you know, I go back 20 years to being a kid asking my dad for a check and then having to tell my mom whatever it was my dad told me. And I just go back to that time. And so that's really where I think a lot of this stuff started. Um, fast forward into my, my working years when I was, you know, got my first job when I was 16 years old. Uh, I made, I worked at a, at a local farmer's market um, and I made decent money for a 16 year old. Like this place, you know, they paid me I think seven fifty an hour, and we got little bonuses all the time. And I blew every single penny I made. I have never, until recently, been able to save. Like saving was not something that I did. If I had money, I was going to spend that shit, and I spent it on material stuff mostly. Um, I in this case. When I was what, 16, 17, that's when I started drinking. So, so much of my money went into, went into um, alcohol, 
money went into music, money went into just all sorts of stuff. Uh, but you know, that's when I started to get my paycheck, and I would just get the paycheck in on every every other Friday, and it would be spent almost as quickly as I got it. And I continued and flowed that way through college. Um, I took out student loans, took out student loans without knowing and understanding anything about loans and interest and repayment and all of that stuff. And uh, as a 30-year-old man who's paying off his student loan right now, I realized, wow, I spent so much of my student loan money on stuff. Uh, My girlfriend and I at the time, we would go to Disney World probably two, three times a year. We would go to um, the outlet malls and just buy a bunch of stuff. So I, I had this relationship that like money was, it was there for me to spend, I guess. And um, I never wanted to look at my bank account. I never wanted to to check how much money I had. Um, I never wanted to look at my credit score because I, I knew that I wasn't res- being responsible. I knew that uh, I had immaturity when it came to my finances and so what that sort of what that grew into was this aversion to anything around finance so you know here I am spending every dime that I make Um, I'm not looking at my numbers I'm not understanding where my money is going Um, I'm avoiding you know I'm actually avoiding looking at different things and and then when I started to get kind of overwhelmed um, that's where I really started to dig myself into a hole. So overwhelmed for me meant that I would have bills that I just didn't feel like paying or didn't want to deal with. Um, I had a couple of uh, injuries playing sports in college that sent me to the hospital, and then I'd get those hospital bills, and I'd be like, oh, uh, I guess you know, mom and dad are paying for that, or I guess my insurance is paying for that. I didn't know how to file insurance claims, do any of that stuff. So the bills kind of racked up and then creditors started calling me about the bills and I just was assuming that someone else was going to take care of them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then one day I remember um, I remember being at my job after college and looking at, what was I looking at? I was probably looking at my bank account, realizing I had zero money, none. I had overdraft on something. Um, and I was notorious for overdrafting. And my bank account was at zero, and my credit was shit because of all of the bills that I just did not look at. And I, I hit my, my sort of rock bottom uh, sitting outside on the curb on the phone as I'm listening to a voicemail of another creditor and being like, damn, this does not feel great. And that was in my early 20s, and I continued that sort of that relationship to finance up until recently. And what really shifted for me recently was, were a number of things. One, having a partner who wanted to create some financial peace in her life and who also believed that uh, her relationship to finance played a huge part in her overall health and well-being. Um, 
I was that that was a huge thing. I was around other people who were looking at their finances, who were in worse states than I was, but who who were now starting to look at their finances and their relationship to them, um, and all of that, and work on it. And I was given uh, some tools and a simple, simple framework to use to help shift things. And so, I think those things kind of came together and and helped to flip on a switch in my mind that helped me understand that finance and your relationship towards money, you know, your relationship towards how you uh, generate money, how you attract money, and what you do with your money, your, your maturity with that um, is, is insanely huge and impactful to your overall health. You know, like I, I live in, in the United States of America. I've, I've lived here my entire life. And so money and this idea of the, you know, the American dream and, and all of that stuff and, and finances, like that's a huge part of, of the national conversation. And so it's very important for me, at least, to, to have my own, I guess, really have some solid footing and all of that. And, and you know what, honestly, for me, it was, it's, it's been a lot of growing up. <laughs> it's been a lot of growing up and uh, just taking responsibility for that part of my life, um, for maturing and really growing into adulthood. And like, that's one of the roles of, of being an adult is managing finances. And I no longer want to be an amateur at it. Um, I no longer want to, and then, you know, this, this is kind of how I felt a couple of years ago. Um, I'm still, I'm constantly evaluating and, and, and improving my relationship to money. But, you know, I, I no longer wanted to be afraid of phone calls that I didn't recognize because they might be someone talking about money, whether I owed them or what the state of my, my finances was or whatever. Um, I no longer wanted to feel scarce, feel like I didn't have enough feel like it goes out faster than it comes in, feel like, uh, feel jealous of people who had more money than me. I no longer wanted to feel those types of things. And so I started working on it. Now, the the biggest tool for me, the biggest single tool has been Dave Ramsey's financial peace. And I know that a number of you out there have, have heard of Dave Ramsey, have heard of financial peace, um, and have probably done it. Uh, but there's I know there's also a whole lot of folks who haven't. And so this is going to be great because you are now being introduced to the tool that I've used to really turn around my my financial state, but also my relationship to finances to the point where right now I am super psyched to be on track to knocking out my debts. And I'm, I'm insanely motivated to to generate and to attract and to put that money towards debts, which is not how I used to operate. So uh, I'm going to jump into what finan- for, for the, uh, a little bit of financial piece right now, and I'm going to put links to uh, Dave Ramsey's website um, and all that stuff on the show notes for this episode. Uh, you can find the show notes for the episode on firesidenetwork.com. And let me actually, I'm going to pull this up real quick. I'm going to make sure I don't get these uh, these seven baby steps wrong. I want to make sure I get them right because they're important. And Sarah and I are currently working through the seven baby steps right now. 
So let me pull it up on my phone real quick. Okay. So really the 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 core of Dave Ramsey's financial piece um, are the seven baby steps. And seven baby steps is a framework to achieving financial peace. And so essentially you go, you know, you work through baby step one to baby step seven. By the time you get to seven, you are in a, uh, a, a very powerful place in terms of your finances and uh, your relationship to your finances has most likely shift, shifted over the course of, of those, you know, that time. So let me go through this baby steps right now. The first baby step is uh, to set up a $1,000. Okay, let me back up real quick. I'm just going to read it. Baby step number one, $1,000 to start an emergency fund. So it's basically having $1,000 in cash on hand in your home that you use for emergencies. So you need to define for yourself what an emergency is. Um, Like being super hungry and wanting to order a pizza is not an emergency. Um, Potentially wrecking your car could be an emergency. However, uh, it's, it's very smart to have a car fund set up that you're depositing money to every month so that when things happen with your car, because they will, you are prepared. So I wouldn't even say a car is an emergency. Um, but, you know, whatever it is, however you define an emergency, you have $1,000 on hand liquid that you can access at any time for these emergencies. That's baby step number one. Baby step number two is paying off all of your debts using the debt snowball. So what the debt snowball is, is uh, it's pretty simple. You take all of your debts. Let's say you have 10 different debts. Um, you start with the lowest amount, put that on the top of your list all the way down to your highest amount, and you begin by paying as much money as you can every month into the lowest debt. Once that debt is complete, you then take the money that you were putting into the lowest debt, and you roll that into the second lowest debt, and you lowest debt, and you put as much money as you can into the second lowest debt until that's paid off. Once that's paid off, you take all of that money, and you put it into the third lowest debt. And in the other debts, like the other, you know, like I said, you have 10, the other nine, you're paying minimums. So, you know, you're putting a ton of cash into the debt that you're focusing on. Once it's paid off, you roll it over and you put all that money into the next one. And you do that until you get all the way down to zero debts. And that's where Sarah and I are right now. We are in the baby step number two, and we've gone from, I think, eight debts down to three. And so we should have all of our debts complete. Uh, what is it? We're, we're right now in February. I would say by this time next year, we'll have all of our debts eliminated, including student loans and 10000 plus dollars in credit cards and all sorts of that, all that, all that stuff. That's baby step number two. Baby step number three is saving up three to six months of expenses, living expenses in your savings. So it's essentially having, you know, the amount of money you need to live off of for six months put aside. And that one is, is, is great, especially if you are, uh, have, have any regular income like, like myself um, you know, what that means is I don't get a paycheck every month. Like I don't get a, a steady paycheck every other week. Um, because I, you know, I make my money doing different, uh, you know, I, I have my own business so that I generate money that way. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't work for somebody and they don't cut me a paycheck every two weeks. So making sure that you have that money 
set aside three to six months living expenses um, is important. You know, it's important if you do if you if you do have a job if you are working for someone because if you get laid off, you need to have some money to live off of while you're searching for your next gig. Um, and for me, if I have a slow month or you know or or a slow quarter, I need to have some padding, some cushions, so that I don't go into a a state of financial emergency when things kind of ebb and flow. That's baby step number three. Baby step four is to uh, invest into a Roth IRA or a 401k um, and kind of put money away into those things. Um, That's something that I I still am pretty green at. I don't really understand fully um, Roth IRAs and 401ks. And so, um, you know, it's putting the money away for retirement is essentially baby step number four. Um, that's an area that you know I look forward to to growing in myself. Baby step number five is to create a college fund for your kids and to have that fully funded. Um, that one's pretty straightforward uh, for Sarah and I. You know, with baby Maya, it's it's fascinating that we have conversations about a five month old going to college, um, but we do, and we're trying to be responsible, um, you know, responsible parents and. It's our intention to to help Maya attract and um, attract sponsor excuse me scholarships and grants and really help to empower her uh, you know and to show her that you know, she can create the money that she needs for college and we will we have plans to help her out um, but we also don't want to pay for everything for her. And we don't want to um, have her rely on student loans. So it's going to be really important that we sort of teach her the ropes in, uh, in, in attracting and, um, you know, a, a getting those scholarships and those grants and all that great stuff. Uh, baby step number six is to pay off your house. So it's, you know, that's, that's your mortgage and your home payment. Um, if you are owning a home, then you're, you're, when you get to baby step number six, your goal is to pay that off. And baby step number seven, uh, finally, you have achieved this, uh, this place of financial peace. And at baby step seven, um, you are building wealth and you are giving. You are giving. So those are the seven baby steps um, laid out by Dave Ramsey in Financial Peace. And having that framework for Sarah and I has been huge. Um, you know, I'm sure I came across other, other frameworks and other steps and other systems uh, in the past, but you know the combination of a super simple and easy to understand system like this, um, combined with being in a place of of receptiveness for you know really maturing in my my relationship and and um, healing that relationship towards finance, I think created like the perfect storm for me. And you know finances are are huge; like you, you can't avoid it. You can you you might want to avoid it, you might try to avoid it, but no matter what, it always comes back to you. And so, if you're like me, you can also, you know, it's also possible to improve your relationship to finance, uh, to really um, enjoy looking at your numbers and knowing your numbers. I mean, if you are anything like I was, then you probably don't believe me right now when I say that you can enjoy looking at your bank account. You can enjoy pulling out a spreadsheet and crunching your numbers. You can enjoy budgeting. It's possible. It's possible because I've freaking done it, and I avoided everything. I, 
I, man, I used to just, I wouldn't even open mail. I just knew that it was a bill. I knew that it was people wanting my money and people telling me I didn't have enough money and people telling, telling me that I hadn't given them the money that I was owed to them. Like, I just knew it and I avoided it. I avoided so much stuff. And to go from that place of, of extreme scarcity, extreme scarcity, I never felt like I had enough, which is so ironic because I just spent my ass off. It's like you would think that if somebody felt like they didn't have enough, they would hoard it. Like they would just save it all. I would take every little penny that I found on the floor and put it in a jar and put that jar in my room under my bed and never touch it. That was not me. <laughs> I was spending everything. But I still had this relationship of scarcity towards finances. And I still avoided everything. So to go from that place, to go from the place of, of where I was to now being excited about sitting down and budgeting with Sarah, because every time we budget, it feels like we've made money. It, it makes no freaking sense. But every time we sit down and look at our numbers, it feels like we've made money because we realize, oh my gosh, you know, this expense is, is gone or we can move money from here to here and wow, look what we just uncovered or whatever it is. Like that's such an amazing feeling. It, it, it feels so empowering. And, you know, it feels responsible. It, and, and that's just for me, like that's huge, huge when it comes to my finances to feel, feel responsible, to feel like I'm owning it and really to see how abundant I am and how abundant Sarah and I are to see that week to week is is crazy and what's happened you know this is this is kind of like the secret type of stuff like that law of attraction like focusing on, on you know putting intentional energy um, on our finances looking at our numbers uh, being aware of where our, our what our debts are what our assets are um, really understanding what we're bringing in each month and 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 doing a zero-based budget um, has kind of opened up these channels of attracting attracting money. Like, we attract money left and right now. It's ridiculous. It comes in the form of people buying us things. It comes in the form of people giving us cash. It comes in the form of, of people gifting us gift cards. I mean, it's it's insane. It, it, it's really insane. And, uh, you know, I... I I, I laugh when I talk about it being like the secret, that law of attraction, but I can't explain it any other way. So, um, oh, I, I mentioned zero-based budgeting, um, and I won't get into it too much, but um, it's basically this idea that, you know, let's say in a given month, you know that you're going to bring in $5,000. Um, so at February 1st, you pull out your budget, your spreadsheet, and you say, okay, I'm going to make $5,000 this month. Um, where am I going to allocate this money? And you go ahead and you spend it on paper. So you say, you know, fifteen hundred goes to rent, and one thousand goes to food, and three hundred goes to to the insurance, and you know, one hundred and fifty goes to gas and oil for my car, whatever it is. You spend all of that on paper first until you get down to zero, until you know where every single penny that you're going to generate that month, you know where it's going. And part of your spending will definitely be like a personal a personal fund. You say, okay, Matthew, I'm going to give myself 250 bucks this month. Boom. And so you take 250 bucks and on paper, on your spreadsheet, and you put it into your personal spending. And you put, you know what I mean? It's like you, you, 
you take that money and you spend it on paper first. Um, that's been a huge part of of the success and the growth for Sarah and I, and um, it has contributed to feeling abundant and being abundant, truly understanding that we are abundant, that that you know being able to attract finance and wealth is no different than being able to attract friends or being able to to like it's it, it it's just a mindset it really is and i i've i've realized that um the past two years of being insanely intentional about shifting my relationship towards my finances has helped me to understand that it really is a relationship you know it, it is it is a relationship it's a way of thinking and feeling uh, about this thing called money and income so Again, the reason why it's so important with having it all is that having it all is about living and experiencing life with abundance, with love. And if we think back to the, you know, the having it all framework, ALL, abundant loving life, we can break down life into the six F's, faith, family, friends, fitness, finance, and fun. That fifth F is finance. So do you have a loving relationship towards your finances and are you experiencing abundance in your finances because that to me is what having it all is having it all is experiencing abundance and love in each six of those f's so that's why having financial peace having financial clarity being mature with your finances, taking responsibility for your finances. That's why that stuff is so important because you can't have it all otherwise. So I'm going to put links to Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace and anything else that I mentioned in this episode. Um, I'll put a link to it into the show notes. Um, Show notes can be found over at firesidenetwork.com. Just search for this episode on firesidenetwork.com, and you can see all the notes. Uh, that's where the show lives. The show lives at firesidenetwork.com. Um, it's, it's really cool being a part of a network. There's some other great shows in the network as well, and uh, you can check them out when you go to that website. And I want to say thank you for the recent iTunes reviews. Um, you know, if, if, you, if you get anything from this episode, if, if you've got anything from this show, uh, one way to give back is to leave a review. Uh, you know, the the reason why reviews are so important is that uh, it really helps to to give confidence to folks when they stumble across this show um, that it's that it's worthwhile because there are so many freaking podcasts out there for people to choose from. And so the reviews help people to say, oh, you know what? There's a lot of folks who, who seem to be behind this show. Let me check it out. So if you've gotten anything, if you've emailed me, then uh, then I know that you've gotten something from the show and uh, I would super appreciate a review on iTunes. Um, I'm grateful to you for listening. I'm grateful to you for hanging out with me and, uh, you know, really for being on, on your journey towards having it all because you being on your journey impacts me. You know, the more people who are are facing their fears, who are choosing love, who are exposing their vulnerabilities. The more people who are doing that, uh, the more that we are all impacted, the world's impacted. Um, Because when you shift, 
in, in those powerful and healing, loving ways, uh, you touch other people and you inspire other people. And there are ripples, powerful, powerful ripples from all that. So I'm very grateful to you for, um, for listening to the show and for, you know, just doing what you do, applying the different things. You are awesome. And with that, my name is Matthew Bivens, and here is to you having it all. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higg. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.